This morning, I'm thrilled to introduce uh, a man who, who's really one of, uh, one of the great friends I have in life. He's, he's a father to me. Uh, he's a pastor to me. I've known him for many, many years. And in the natural, it's, it's been very successful what God has used him to build and do. From starting a church in his home to this Easter, had over 14,000 people in attendance at his Easter services this year. Uh, but more than all of that, the real credentials of this guy is his heart for people. If he had his way, he'd be living in a jungle in Cambodia somewhere. Uh, he spends a lot. He's going in two weeks back to Cambodia. He spends a lot. I mean, they have one village alone, their church feeds 400 children every single day. And that's just one of their many projects uh, that they do as a church. And you know, the, the, the people in the villages there said, you know, you're the only American pastor that, that doesn't leave at night, go to the city and stay in a nice hotel, but he actually stays in the village with the people. His daughter is getting ready to go to Cambodia to spend her life there uh, as a missionary, a medical missionary. She's just finishing her nurse practitioner degree and leaving a great career here in America to give her life in Cambodia. And so to me, uh, just an incredible heart for people, an incredible man of God. And I really believe if you'll open up yourself this morning that God is going to bless you in a very powerful way and the Holy Spirit is going to become more alive and more real to you than you've ever known him before. So welcome with me a dear friend, Pastor Dan Carroll. Okay, there you go. Thanks, Aaron. Oh, the other announcement. Yes, I keep forgetting because it's brand new. If you are an iPad or an iPhone or if you're backslidden and use Blackberries, uh, there is an app called YouVersion that many of you have downloaded. It's the entire Bible, YouVersion. Uh, you can download it for free. All of our sermon notes are now on YouVersion. If you go to YouVersion right now, click live, live events, you'll see an event that says the, the Spirit is a person. Those are all of the sermon notes and the scripture. So if you have YouVersion, if you open it up now on your phone, you can follow along with all of the scripture and all of the notes right on your phone or your iPad. Okay. How are you today? All right, here's the deal. You've got to figure this out. I like to talk to you, and I would like for you to answer me. Okay, so I pastor a church that's like uh, half Latino, half black, and three white people. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. We, we're a very mixed church, and actually I have an African-American guy preaching for me today, and he always says to me, man, when I come to your church, your people respond more than my black congregation does. So I just want you to have freedom today to answer the questions, okay? That wasn't very good. Let's try that again. I'd like to have freedom to answer the questions today, Okay. All right, let's pray. Father, we want to come to you and say thank you, God, for loving people like us. It's mind-boggling, Lord, how crazy you are about people, that you would put up with us, not just put up with us, but love us, not just love us, but direct us and establish destiny for us, Father. So we come to you today, and we tell you, Holy Spirit, we want to agree with you today. We want to agree with you every day, Lord. We want to say yes to what you have for us, because what you have is life-giving. So we pray today we would figure that out, that what you want to do in us isn't bad, it's good. It's not going to restrict us, it will release us, and that you, Lord, have a way where we just think we have a way. So I pray for us today you would convince us deeply in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Okay, we're in the third part of uh, your whole series on the Holy Spirit. As Aaron uh, told you, he and I have been friends for a long time. Uh, I, st- I met Aaron when I was 10. I'm joking. No, we've known each other for about 20 years now, I think, or something like that. He's preached in my church a lot of times. And 
So I pray for him and Amanda all the time and Coastline, and I'm excited about what God is doing in your church. You're not going to sit there and eat those donuts in front of me, are you? <laughs> How come people on the worship team eat donuts? How come that you guys are on the worship team and you're eating donuts and you're skinny, but my worship team's getting round now? They're like, okay, we're like doing away with donuts and going back to fruit. Okay. Now, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit today. You can eat donuts. I'm okay. Go ahead. Uh, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit today because the Holy Spirit, listen, the Holy Spirit is the one who makes you spiritual. I know that sounds real unprofound to most of you, but think about this. Why are you in church today? Because you figured out something very, very important for your life. You aren't just a physical person. You aren't just a mental person. You aren't just an emotional person. But, friends, you are a spiritual person. Is that right or not? You were created as a spiritual being. Now, here's our problem as physical people. We really think the physical realm is more real than the spirit realm. Let me help you with that. The spirit realm birthed the physical realm. It isn't the other way around. Do, do you get that? that? You're supposed to say, yes, Pastor Nan, we got that. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the spiritual realm birthed the physical realm. Jesus actually said the, the realm that lasts is the spirit realm, not the what? Not the physical realm. But how many of you would be honest enough to say, wow, I, I just am more, way more comfortable in the, in the natural, in the physical realm? I mean, wouldn't you? I mean, that's the truth for all of us because we're, we're created as natural beings, but God wants to make you supernatural. He does. There's a transformation there, though, that you have to agree with what God is doing in order to have that happen in you. Now, watch this. There's a very, very important verse. If you've got a Bible, an iPad, or a phone, or whatever you're looking at the Bible on, turn to John chapter 16. Very important verse here. Very important little discussion Jesus was having the last day he was going to be alive. So if you were going to be killed the next day and you only had a few hours to impart the most important information you had, wouldn't, that, wouldn't, wouldn't you just summarize it all in, the, in just the most critical terms? Yes or no? Wouldn't you just like go, okay, there's all kinds of things I want to say to you, but I can't say those, but I'm going to tell you this right now because this is what will change your destiny in your life. I'm not going to be here tomorrow. Then he had told them that, but they didn't get that. They're like, what are you going to do? Are you taking a bus out of town? What's happening? You know, they, they knew he was leaving, but they didn't know he was going to the cross, right? They didn't have any idea he was going to the cross. They just knew something was up, and it got inside of them. It bummed them out. Listen to what he says in verse 5, John chapter 16. He said, but now I'm going to him who sent me, and none of you asked me, where are you going? But because I told you these things, sorrow has filled your heart. So they're bummed out, right? They're like, wow, Jesus is leaving. Where are you going? What are you going to do? We're bummed out. But now listen to what Jesus says in verse 7. But I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, the helper, the parakletos, shall not come to you. But if I go to you, I will send him to you. Let me clarify a couple of things. Jesus just referred to the Holy Spirit as the what? The helper. Now, a lot of times when we talk about the helper, we think like this. Wow, if I'm a helper, we, especially, I'm getting ready to do a series on marriage right now, and the Bible talks about a, a wife being a helpmate. Is that right? A helper? Hello? And the ladies all go, we hate that. That's a bad idea. No, no, no. Let me help you with something. If you're a helper, and God is called a helper all, all through the Old Testament and the New Testament, the Holy Spirit's called a helper in the New Testament, you need to think like this. The helper brings something to the table that nobody else has. Is that right? 
How can you be a helper? Well, I thought, Pastor Dan, I thought helpers were just like, I'll hand you the screwdriver and you fix everything. You know, all I do is just hand it. No, 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 no. That's not a biblical picture of a helper. A helper is somebody who brings something that the help E needs. Is that right or not? So you and I need something, and the Holy Spirit does what? Brings that. So listen to Jesus' words. I'm going to go away, and it's to your advantage I'm going to go away. So here's the big test question. Don't answer too quick because you could flunk. What advantage was there to Jesus going away? What's he talking about here? Well, I, I mean, if you had a choice to make right now, and I said to you, okay, you can go to lunch today with Aaron Jane. No, I'm joking. I know you're going to go to lunch with Pastor Aaron today. If you want to go to lunch with Jesus or the Holy Spirit, which would you choose? Don't say the Holy Spirit because we're doing that. No, Pastor Dan, we're in the Holy Spirit series, so I'm answering the Holy Spirit. No, 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 no. That's the wrong answer. No, the truth is most of us would say this. I would want to go to lunch with who? Jesus, because he likes fish, I like fish, and we want to talk, you know? And, 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 I, and I want to be able to sit with Jesus because I can get my head around Jesus. I can touch him, hug him, talk to him. Is that right or not? Yes or no? Wouldn't we all say that? So why would he say, it's to your advantage if I leave? How, how could that be to my advantage? That doesn't make sense to me. How about you? Listen to me. This is very, very important for you to get this. Jesus is always right. Did you know that? He's always right. So if he says it's to my advantage, then it is what? It's to my advantage, okay? So, so what does that mean? Listen to me. Watch this. It means this. For three years, Jesus had been with those guys. Is that right? And he'd been working with them, training them, teaching them, building them. And now we're right down to the crunch time. Is that right? This is like three seconds left on the clock. Give Kobe the ball. I'm so happy we won the gold medal today. Yay, we beat Spain 107 to 100. Okay, but, but watch this. Watch. So we're right down to the crunch time. And how did they do that night whenever Jesus went to the cross? Jesus said this to the disciples, every one of you will forsake me tonight. We always zero in on Peter, but he said everybody. And one guy followed him around that night. It was John. But he said, everybody will leave me tonight. You will all be scattered. If you had put three years of your life into some people, and it came down to the big test, and everybody left, how would you think you did? Hello? Would you think you would, you know, hit a home run? I, I, I would think this. Wow. They just all flunked. Is that right or not? Yes or no? They just all flunked. Everybody flunked. So here's what Jesus was saying. I've done all I can do for you from the outside in. I need to leave because when I leave, I will send the Holy Spirit. And he doesn't work from the outside in. He works from the inside out. Do you get that? You can't Listen, friends, you cannot be changed from the outside in. The disciples weren't transformed until the Holy Spirit came and began to work how? How did he work? From the inside what? out. You and I can't be changed from the outside in. You could have lunch with Jesus forever and not be transformed. But if the Holy Spirit gets inside of you, he can change you from a natural person to a supernatural person. He can make you spiritually minded. Do you understand that? 
That's what he's talking about here. He goes, here's your advantage. Your advantage is I can't do what the Spirit can do for you. I have to leave so he can get inside of you and transform you. Some of you, listen to me, friends, some of you need that. I need that. Don't we all need that? Yes or no? We all need that, man. You can come to church, come to church, come to church. Church won't change you. Programs don't change you. The Holy Spirit changes you. Now watch this. Sometimes when we talk about the Holy Spirit, I hear people say this. Wow, it really touched me yesterday in church. I I said, what? It. What are you talking about? The Holy Spirit. Let me help you with something. The Holy Spirit is not an it. Uh, When was the last time you met somebody who just had a new baby, little boy, little girl, and you went, what is its name? Hello, you didn't say that, did you? Please tell me you didn't say that. Because that mom is going to slap you in the face if you said that, right? You're not going to call a baby an it, are you? Because a baby is a what? Come on, somebody, you can answer this question. A baby is a what? A person. The Holy Spirit is a person, not in the sense that he's human, but he has a personality. He has a mind, he has will, and he has an emotion. Our emotions, he has mind, will, and emotions. So he has thoughts. Here's a question for you. Do you know what they are? Do you really know that the Holy Spirit has a personality? Hello? It's awful quiet in here. Y'all like this. Aaron, where'd you get this guy? Now, listen, you got to get this. If you want to be intimate with God, friends, it's going to be through the Holy Spirit. You cannot be intimate with God just by reading the Word. I read the Word every day. I have two master's degrees and a doctorate. That never made me intimate with God. Doesn't It, doesn't, it happens in here when your heart gets touched and changed. Now, now watch this. Let's talk about the Holy Spirit's personality because if you're going to get to know God, you've got to get to know the Holy Spirit. So let's talk about the Holy Spirit. Ephesians chapter 4, if you've got a Bible. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30, very important verse. I'm reading from the New American Standard. I'll read it from the New Living Translation as well. The New American Standard says this, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. The Holy Spirit of God. Now, now listen, you've got to get this about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's name really isn't Holy Spirit. That's his description. Do you get that? His name is God. God the Father, God the Son, and God what? Now, you got to get that because some of us, uh, we get a little nervous about that. Really, we have God the Father. We get that. He's in heaven. We got God the Son. He came to earth, built a bridge to heaven. But God the Holy Spirit, listen, is just as real. Yes or no? He's just as real. And it says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. How do you grieve the Holy Spirit? By disobeying him. Have you ever done that? Hello? Please, somebody say yes, or we'll have an altar call for liars, and you'll all have to come to the front. Okay. Okay. So we've all grieved the Holy Spirit. Is that right? Let me show you a story about grieving the Holy Spirit you got a Bible, just keep your finger in in Ephesians. We're going to come right back to that. Look at Acts chapter 5. This is a pretty sad story about a guy who didn't have to lie to God, but he did. His name is Ananias. Acts 5, 1, it just says, A certain man named Ananias and his wife Sapphira sold a piece of property. They kept back some of the money for themselves with with his wife's full knowledge. So here's the deal. you got to get this. God isn't going to kill you if you don't give to the building fund, okay? 
Now, he might be asking you to give to the building fund or to tithe, but he's not going to kill you if you don't. So, Pastor Dan, why did this guy die? Because he fundamentally lied to the, to the people and to God. Do, do you get that? He didn't have to give, but God asked him to give, and then he told them he was giving the whole thing, and he didn't. So watch. Watch what happens here. He brings and says it with his wife's full knowledge. They brought the portion of it, and they laid it at the apostles' feet. He told everybody he was going to give it. He sold this land, was given all of his money, but he didn't. In verse 3, Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back the price of the land? When it remained unsold, did it not remain yours? And after it was sold, wasn't it under your control? Which means you could have decided just to give part of it. Or, but you told everybody you were given the whole thing, and you lied. Why is it that you conceived this deed in your heart to, to trick people? You have not lied to men, but you lied to God. Oh, oh, hold it. First, he just said this up here. He said, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to who? The Holy Spirit. And then Peter said right away after that, he, you didn't lie to men, but you lied to who? God. So in Peter's mind, the Holy Spirit was who? There's no question about that, friends. The Holy Spirit is God. Okay, the Holy Spirit is God. Now, what did Ananias do here? He grieved the Spirit, didn't he? How do you grieve the Spirit? Listen, you grieve the Spirit by disobeying, sinning against God. Do you get that? You sin against God. Now, think about grief. How many of you have experienced grief? I mean, how many know that's a, that, that's a strong emotion, isn't it? Grief. Like, what if it said this? When you don't do what the Holy Spirit wants you to do, it really bums God out. <laughs> you go, oh, I'm sorry, God, I bummed you out, you know? That isn't what it says, does it? It says that you grieve the Holy Spirit. When do you grieve? When you lose something that's very valuable. Is that right or not? You lose your dog, you grieve. You lose a parent, you grieve. You lose a child, you grieve. I have a friend, and she's a missionary in Honduras. Her name is Robin. Robin is a wild gal. She has red hair, like big red hair. Like when she walks in the room, everybody goes, ah, look at that girl's red hair. You know, it's like giganto red hair. And she's really cute, neatest lady in the world, and she runs a deaf ministry in Honduras. She used to ask me all the time when we would meet, Pastor Dan, pray for a husband for me. Pray for a husband for me. I need a husband in my ministry with me. So I prayed for a husband all the time. One day I get an email, Pastor Dan, I met this guy. I think I'm going to marry him. She ended up marrying the guy. He moves to Honduras, works in the ministry with her. Life is good happily ever after, right? No. No, one day they're driving down the road in Honduras, and a drunk guy comes around the corner, hits them head on, and kills her husband. Flips their car over. Injures her real bad. It's all bad. They call her mom. Her mom jumps on a plane to fly to Honduras. They've taken her to a hospital. Hospitals aren't good in Honduras, so they want to get her out of there and bring her back to U.S. Uh, a retired fire captain named Steve, he says to her mom, I'll go with you. He jumps on a plane with her. They fly to the hospital in Honduras. And the day after Robin's husband had been killed, how many know she was grieving, right? She's grieving. Her heart's broken. They load her up into a car. And they start driving for the airport. On the way to the airport, the, the captain, Steve, who's driving the truck, he looks over and he yells at them, duck, this guy has a gun. Guy pulls up next to him in a car next to him and starts firing at them, shoots Steve through the head and kills him. 
car flips over on the side of the road, her and her mom are injured. She's already, they just took her out of the hospital. Hold up. Now, you, you think, oh, come on, God, what is this about? She's like a missionary. She gave her whole life to you. And now she just lost her husband. This retired fire captain comes down to save her. They figured out later what had happened was when she was in the hospital, there was some drug runner guys a couple of beds over, and they were having a deal go down, and they were talking about it, and they figured out that she spoke fluent Spanish, and she heard everything that they said. She didn't care because her husband had just been killed, but they didn't know that. They decided to kill her before she could tell the police what they were going to do. So they followed, they sent a guy out of the hospital to follow her when she was leaving, and he unloaded trying to kill her, ended up shooting Steve and killing him. Let me ask you a question. What do you think she was like when she got back to the U.S.? How about grief? Think about grief, the loss. Think if somebody had come to rescue you, and they, and they had a family, and, and now the guy's dead. Grieving. Think about the word grieve. Are you talking gigantic pain? Yes or no? Just like you and I give to God when we disobey Him. You need to think about that. When I sin against the Lord and do what He asked me not to do, I don't just, He doesn't go like this, oh, bummer, Dan. Man, I really wish you wouldn't have done that. That's a drag, you know? He, that isn't what happens. It breaks God's heart. It grieves the Holy Spirit. Do you get that? Is that a strong emotion or what? And it does not grieve. Do you understand that? He grieves when you and I disobey him. It breaks his heart. So, so, so watch this. He has a personality. Is that right? Mind will. Ananias grieved the Holy Spirit. Is that right? And who was God? So we have the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. My relationship with the Father, friends, runs right through the Spirit. If I don't know the Holy Spirit, I don't know God. Do you understand that? You have, you have to figure this out. The Holy Spirit has a personality. Just like you have a... He has things He likes and things He what? He doesn't like... So I can grieve the Holy Spirit when I sin against the Lord. Now watch this. It says over in 1 Thessalonians 5 that I can quench the Holy Spirit. Now, if you read the context of this uh, uh, of Ephesians 4.30, you go all the way back to verse 25, and it just talks about sin. Sin, 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 sin. Everything that you do. So we're sure of this. Grieving the Holy Spirit has to do with what? Sinning. Don't... Be angry, but don't sin. Don't steal anymore. There's just all, a whole list of things you shouldn't be doing. So all of grieving has to do with what? Come on, there's more than three of you get this right now. Say that word with me. All of grieving has to do with what? That's it. It just has to do with sin. Now, now, what about quenching the Spirit? Because, see, the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19, do not quench the Spirit. Literally, it says, don't put out the fire. Don't extinguish the fire. How do you extinguish the fire? L listen, by quenching the Spirit. Well, but Pastor Dan, I don't get that. What does that mean? Well, quenching the Spirit is this. It's way different from grieving the Spirit. Grieving the Spirit is when you what? Sin. Quenching the Spirit is when you don't obey what God's trying to do to bless you. 
Do you understand the difference? One's like over here in the negative category. This is called what? Sin. This is like bad. It hurts you, right? This is, bad. This is all wrong. It's in the Bible. It's wrong. Over here, this is my destiny. This is what I was created for, something bigger than this life. God is trying to say, hey, dude, I want to bless you. And you know what I usually say to God when he says that? Thank you, but no thank you. Hello? I know none of you have ever done that with God, right? Is there anybody here who ever says no thank you to God? God has a great idea for your life, and what do you say? I think that's a really bad idea, God. It's kind of funny to hear Aaron when Aaron stands up here and says this, yeah, Pastor Dan would like to live out in the jungle, and he loves kids and stuff. Let me help you with kids. I don't like kids. I like sports. I like, I'm happy that we won the gold medal today in basketball. I'm really happy we got Dwight Howard. I'm really happy, listen, that we got Hanley Ramirez. I'm really happy. Listen, I am a Dodger fan, a Laker fan. I was a college basketball coach, a high school basketball and baseball coach. I live and die what? Sports. That was my whole life, man. When I grew up, I had a bush next to my front door at my house, and there was a basketball stuck in the bush. And my baseball glove was stuck in the bush. And it had a hardball in it and a bat stuck in the bush. And my mom would know where I was at just depending on which one of those was gone. Okay, the bat's gone and the glove's gone. That means he's up at the school playing ball. The basketball's gone. He's probably down the street at Johnny's house shooting hoops. That's how my mom knew where I was at. I lived and died what? Sports. Naturally, I love athletics. That's what I do. I was a coach. I was a high school teacher and a coach. I love sports. I don't love kids. <laughs> do you understand this? So, Pastor Dan, how come you feed kids? Because God told me to. And you know what I said to God when he told me to go feed kids? I said, what? No, that's a really dumb idea, God. Why would I want to go feed kids? This is like somebody else can feed kids. Women are supposed to feed kids, God. Men play basketball. Listen, you know what I'm talking about? See, here's the deal. In the natural realm, it's sports for me. In the supernatural realm, God said, listen, your destiny is not that. You know, I, want, I was offered a contract to go play professional ball after college in Australia. That didn't happen. I was supposed to go on an all-star team to Scandinavia and travel all over. That didn't happen. I was supposed to go on a, on a Christian basketball team in South America. That didn't happen. Every single time, God said, you're not going to do that. not going to do that because that isn't your destiny. Yeah, but that's who I am, God. Come on. What's up with that? You know, you made me so I could do this, and, and I'm, actually, I'm, I'm okay at most of it. You know, I can play some, and I can shoot some, and I can rebound some. I dunked when I was 50. Hello? That's old. If you don't know about that, that's old. For a white guy to dunk at 50, that's old, okay? You get the picture here? Naturally, sports. And God said, yeah, but that's not what I made you for. I made you for me. I have something way better than that if you would trust me. But, listen, every time you say no, you lose part of your destiny. No. Remember no? That's a bad word to say to God. When the Holy Spirit comes and says, Psst, I would like for you to go to Cambodia and help some kids. I'd like you to go to Mela refugee camp and help some kids. And I say, you know what, God? I really want to do that for you. But I, you know, I can't do it right now because I got these other things I got to do. 
And really, listen, it's a great idea, and I'll get back to you. I know none of you have ever done that with God, have you? Hello? Have you ever done this with God? Okay, the answer is yes. We've all done this with God. And we always tell God, that's a bad idea. I have a better idea because I'm smarter than you, God. We don't ever say that, but that's what we think. Is that right or not? We all think that. We think, listen, God, I, I, get, I know life, man. I, listen, I know you want to help, but let me help you. You know what happens every time you do that with God? You lose part of your destiny. Every time the Holy Spirit tries to convince you to do something and you say no, you quench the fire. You quench your destiny. It's like this. It's like what I used to do to kids in PE when I was a PE coach. And I would tell them to do something, and they said what? Hello, what did they say? They said, no, you all know this. You, you said, what, what did I say when I was a coach in PE? That's fine. Go take another lap. Is that what you say or not? Did a coach ever say that to you? Yes or no? Go take another lap. And if you came back and you were still a punk, then coach said what to you? Just take another lap. I think they learned that from God with Moses and Israel. Is that right? Because that's exactly what happened. The Holy Spirit said, I would like you to do this. And they said, no, thank you, God. And so God said what? Just take another lap. You know, whenever you figure out that you don't like the desert anymore, come back and let's talk. How many know God will do this to you today? But God, I hate the desert. I know every lizard's name now. I know all the snakes, every stick. I know everything. Then why don't you say what? Yes. Why don't you say yes? Because I am smarter than you, God. Please help me. There's a theological term for you when you say no. Do you know what it is? Stupid. It's just stupid to say no to God. Because, see, what you think is that you know better than the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit knows better than you. Do you get this? But you have to know the Holy Spirit's heart. See, here's a verse for you. This isn't in your notes. But in 1 Peter 1.22, there's a little word that's about your destiny. It's called ekteno. 1 Peter 1.22 says, fervently love one another from your heart. Oh, oh, okay, hold, hold it. Key word. What's a key word there? Fervently. That's right. Fire. Some passion. Sometimes people say to me, wow, best thing you get like so wound up. What is up with you? Like so intense. The Holy Spirit puts fire inside of you. Do you understand that? Passion. Passion for what? For things you would never love. Listen, things you would never love. You know how he does that? Strange ways, you know. I was getting off a little boat, a long boat one day, going across the Moye River into Burma. There's a little path there, and they've warned us already. When you get off the boat, Pastor Dan, you walk on the path. Don't go over there, and don't go over there, because there's landmines on both sides. And when you get to the village, don't go outside the village, because there's landmines around the village. And they, the Burmese, have landmined us, so we can't get out. And we put landmines around, too, to keep them out. So there's two rows of landmines. So at nighttime when you're there and you hear the landmines go off and you go, oh, somebody just stepped on a landmine. They go, oh, no, it was just a pig, you know. And the, and the pig wandered out into the jungle and stepped on a landmine, got blown up into bacon, right? So the, you're walking. You get, you're going to get off the boat, and they tell you just stay on this path right here. Don't go off the path because there's landmines. And the first kid, as you pull up, as you pull up, the first person you see is a little 6-year-old, 7-year-old boy with a stick under his arm, 
and he's running down to the edge of the beach, waving his hand at you. And he has no leg because it got blown off by a landmine. He doesn't even have a crutch. He has a stick under his arm that he makes his way around with without a leg. You know what happens when you see a little six, seven-year-old boy run down and wave to you and smile and laugh and, and he only has one leg and you know what happened to the other one? For me, it broke my heart. I went, oh, God, what happened here? How come that little boy doesn't have a prosthetic? How come he doesn't have a crutch? How come, how, how come somebody doesn't help that kid? And you know what the Holy Spirit says? That, that's why you're here, to help that kid. You're supposed to bring him a leg. You're supposed to help feed him. Yeah, but, but God, I, listen, I don't know how to feed kids that don't have legs, and I don't know how to help a little boy that doesn't have an arm. I don't know how listen, I don't know how to do any of that. I meet a doctor who's a Burmese guy, Corinne, and he's telling me stories. He said, Pastor Dan, I amputate one leg a week on an average from a landmine victim or a soldier in Burma every single week without any anesthetic. Could you please bring us some kind of anesthetic that we could put into these guys before we amputate their legs. You know what happens when you go to Nigeria and you see a bunch of little kids out in villages and they don't have any schooling or any clothes? Or, or you go to Cambodia and you see little kids that are out in villages. And I have a picture of my daughter holding this little girl, cutest little girl in the world, you know, little tiny Kamai girl, and she's got white streaks in her hair. Looks like a little surfer kid, you know, like she blonde. She dyed her hair blonde, and she's in out in a village in the in the jungle. And my daughter, who's a nurse who works with this program called Children at Risk, where they weigh kids and then they feed them rice and stuff, she said to me, "Dad, you know what happened to that little girl? You know how come her hair's blonde there? Because she didn't have enough nutrition in her body to put black into her hair during that time when all that blonde hair grew up. There, there was not enough nutrition inside of her." to make her hair black. See, when that happens to me and the Holy Spirit said, I would like you to feed this little girl, would you please feed her for me? You know what happens inside if you say yes? God starts to change you from the inside out. Suddenly your values and your car and these things that you spend all your money on, you start to think like this, wow, if I could just get 20 more bucks, I could feed three more kids. For a week, and if I could just, so I, I think like this. The people in my church, I have 200 plus people on my staff at my church, and I'm always preaching this message to them: Don't waste money. We can feed people with that money. Every time you waste somebody's tithe money, we could have fed a kid with that. They think I'm nuts until they get on a plane with me, and and I take them over. So I, I'm taking a, a, a group of people over in two weeks. Why do I do that? Because as soon as they see the kids, they go, <gasps> take them into a refugee camp. A bunch of little kids running around screaming, little Korean kids. Some of them don't. They're missing legs, and, and they don't have parents. And, and, and you look at them, and you go, what the heck am I doing here, God? I need to be home watching the Lakers. And you know what the Holy Spirit says? No, you really don't, Dan, because that's not your destiny. See, the Bible says this in 1 Corinthians. 
The Bible says that the Holy Spirit gives gifts to his people. Is that right or not? He gives gifts. 1 Corinthians 12, 11. He says, the one and same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually just as he wills. So let me ask you a question. You have the same gift as me? Yes or no? No. The Holy Spirit gives to each one of us whatever he wants to give because he has a will for you. So you might be sitting there going, dude, I don't want to be involved with the Holy Spirit. He's going to send me to Nigeria and work with kids. I'm out. No, 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 no. Listen, that's what he did to me. He has a gift for you that's perfect for who? For you. Yes, Lord. Let it be a job at Nordstrom's or somewhere where I can shop after work. Listen, you would really love, you'd really love going to Cambodia because the Russian market is there. You can buy North Face things cheaper than anywhere here in America because all the sweatshops are there. Okay, see, here's the deal. You have a gift. Do you know that? Hello, yes or no? You have spiritual gifts the Holy Spirit's given you. The Bible says pneumatikos, that you are a spiritual person. Pneuma means spirit or wind, and tikos is gifting, that you have a gift from God. You have a, it is your gift. Let me ask you a question. What is it? You can't know unless you're intimate with the Spirit. Do you understand what I just said? But when you get intimate with the Holy Spirit, God will begin to reveal himself to you. He wants to show you what he has for you, not what he has for me or your wife or your kids, but what he has for who? Come on, say that with me. What he has for who? For me. What he has for me. What God has for you, friends, is life-giving for you. It's your destiny. Your destiny isn't watching television. Here's what it took me a long time to figure out. I've been to a lot of basketball games, a lot of baseball games, a lot of football games, and none of them changed my life. Please hear me, what I'm saying. None of them. They were great. None of them changed my life. I still like to go. Gary Cunningham, who's a was John Wooden's assistant for a million years, is a friend of mine. And I just said to Gary the other day, hey, Gary, UCLA just got the top recruiting class in America in college. How about you and I go to Poly Pavilion this year and watch a game? And he goes, that would be awesome. And I said, I'll buy tickets. And he started laughing and said, I don't buy tickets to Poly Pavilion. I have lifetime seats there. So we're going together. I said, yay, God. But, but you know what I never thought? I never thought this. It'll change my life, because it won't. But I do think this. When I see a little kid in Cambodia, it changes my life. When I go to refugee camp, up Malaw refugee camp, up on the Burmese border, is 40,000 people in bamboo huts. And I walk in where we feed kids and run a school every day. And those little kids jump on me, and, and you're soaking in sweat, and they're dirty, and they're laughing and screaming, saying, blow up balloons, blow up balloons for us, blow up They haven't ever had a balloon in their whole life. You blow up a balloon for a kid, and you change his life. And they pile on you, and you lay there and go, okay, why is this so good, God? And you know what the Holy Spirit says? I made you for this. Here's the deal. God made you for something that's way bigger than yourself. What is it? If you say yes, you get life and destiny. If you say no, you quench the spirit. Do you understand that? doesn't mean you go to hell. You're still a Christian. You just don't experience your destiny. You quench the spirit. So you can grieve the spirit and you can what? 
You're going to quench the Spirit. Some of you are like this. Oh, you're killing me, Pastor Nan. I'm dying. Let me ask you a question. You ever want to know God's will? Yes or no? I, I want to tell you something. The Holy Spirit knows God's will for you. The Bible teaches that. Here's the deal. When I read my Bible, it doesn't say this. It doesn't say in 1 Corinthians 12, 16, Pastor Dan, go to Malaw Refugee Camp and feed kids. It doesn't say that. Does it tell you anything specific for you to do in the Bible? No, it says things like this. Fervently love one another. You know what that word fervently means? Ekteno. You're all Greek scholars. Watch, I want to help you with this. Greek scholars. Ekteno. Very simple. Two words put together. Ek means out and teno means stretch. What does it mean to fervently love another person? You have to do what? Stretch out. Let me tell you about your destiny. Your destiny will only come when you decide to what? Stretch out. Now, some of you women have had babies. Is that right? How did you give birth? Thank you. You had to what? Stretch out. Was it fun? No. Was it uncomfortable? Yes. Were you glad when it was over? Yes. But once you gave birth, you went, it was worth it. Is that right or not? You better all say yes, girls. Once you gave birth, it was worth it, but it was hard. It's like that to fulfill your destiny. Actino. you got to get off the couch and get in the game, friends. You weren't made to sit in church. You were made for destiny. We come to church to build life in each other. Do you understand that? To get positioned for God to use us for his glory for great things to happen inside of us. That's why we come to church to worship together and encourage each other. But friends, at the end of the day, your destiny happens every morning when you get up and say yes or no to the Holy Spirit. When you get up and you say to the Holy Spirit, today, Holy Spirit, I agree with everything you want from me. I don't know what that's going to look like. If you want me to talk to the person in the cubicle three spots down at the office, I'll talk to them. You want me to help feed the neighbor or pay the lady's rent down the street? I agree with you today because I figured this out. When I say no, I am what? Stupid. That's right. It's way better for me to agree with you and say what? Yes. Yes, God, I agree with you because my destiny gets fulfilled when I agree. And my life gets changed. And I'm not just a natural guy anymore. I am now a what? A supernatural person. I'm living in the Spirit. I am touched by the Spirit. I am led by the Spirit. Does this make sense to anybody? This is your destiny, friends. That's why the Holy Spirit is so important to you. This is your destiny. So watch this. God wants to touch you with the Spirit. Now listen, we'll close this up right here. Watch this. You're going to have to stretch out. Is that right? You're going to have to listen to what the Spirit says for you. That's called a rhema word for you. That's a specific word for you. That's what happened to Paul in Acts chapter 13 when it says they were ministering to the Lord and fasting. And the Holy Spirit said... The Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I've called them to. Then when they fasted and prayed, they laid their hands on him and sent him away. Let me ask you a question. You want to know what the will of God is for your life? You already said yes. How do you find out? Ask the Holy Spirit. And then listen to what the Spirit says. Read the Bible. Read the Bible. But let the Spirit guide you because what God will give you is not a logos word. That's a general word that's in the Bible. He will give you a rhema word. That is a specific word for you today. Which means this. I get up every day and go, Lord, what do you want today? Well, I'm just going to do what I did yesterday because that's the right thing. No, no, no. Today, Lord, I agree with what your spirit is saying. Please direct my steps. 
whatever you say, I would like some divine appointments. I would like some excitement in my life. I don't want to be bored today, God. Please, Lord, whatever I come up against, help me to trust you. Does this make sense to anybody? This is how you're supposed to live. Your life should be an adventure. It shouldn't be boring. But let me help you with this. God is not boring. Yeah, but Pastor, we don't want to go to church because God is boring. People are boring. God isn't boring. Sometimes people say this to me. You know, Pastor, I've been watching TV and I see all these weird things with the Holy Spirit. Let me help you with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not weird. People are weird. The Holy Spirit's not weird. God just wants to touch people's hearts. People get crazy and do wild things, and that's in the Bible too. But at the end of the day, listen, God wants to help you. God knows how you are wired and what you are doing on the planet. The smartest thing you and I can do is begin to say yes to God instead of no. Does that make sense? You want to know the will of God? Go to the Spirit. Ask Him, Lord, today direct my step. I want to know what you say. Listen to John 16, 13. When He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all the truth, for He will not speak on His own initiative, but whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will disclose to you what is to come. So so, so hold it. The Holy Spirit knows what? All truth. Now, again, I know you're Greek scholars today, so you can get this. When you read a word like all in the Bible, what does it mean? Come on, you can do better than that. What does it mean? All. It means everything. The Holy Spirit knows what? Everything. He is a genius. Is that right or not? And the Bible says in Romans 8 9, if you're a Christian, he lives inside of you. So, 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 hold it. You have a genius living inside of you. Why do you do so many stupid things? You know, when I ask myself that question, what the answer always is? Because I didn't talk to the Spirit. Do you get that? If I just listen to God, God knows everything. He'll help me all the time. If I come to him and really believe it matters, listen, it matters. God is crazy about you. But I have to go to God, and then I have to listen when the Spirit what? Speaks. Is the Spirit speaking today, yes or no? You bet he is, all over the place. God is still talking to people who will what? Listen, people who will listen. So here's a question for you. Do you want to know God's will for your life? Do you want to live in it? How are you going to do that? By having intimacy with the Holy Spirit. You get on your knees, you say, God, I want what you have for me today. I, listen, listen to Paul's words. 2 Corinthians 13, 14. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Hold it. Listen. Anybody here want the grace of God? Yes or no? Yes, Pastor Dan, we all do dumb things, and we want God to forgive us and make it all good. Yeah, that's the grace of God, right? Hello, yes or no? Okay, so we all want the grace of God. And then it says this, the love of, the, the love of God. Anybody here want to be loved by God? Yeah, Pastor, we all want to be loved by God. We want the grace of God and the love of God. Now listen to the third thing Paul says. The fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you today. The fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Friends, that's all I'm trying to say to you today. Listen, the Holy Spirit wants relationship with you. Isn't that what fellowship is? Hanging out. Yeah, Pastor, then we hang out and eat together. That's fellowship. That's what Christians do. Is that right? Want fellowship. Every day, listen, every day, get up every day and think like this. God wants to talk to me today. Holy Spirit, what do you want to say? I'm listening. And I figured this out. I'm kind of dumb, but you're very smart. 
So I want to say what to you today? Yes. Help me, Lord, to say yes today. Does this make sense? Let's stand together. Aaron? How many of you appreciated Pastor Dan and that message today? I'll tell you, this entire series, you know, there's a lot of technical stuff through this series, but really at the end of the day, all we want to do with this series is introduce you to the Holy Spirit and let you get to know Him as a person. The first step to receiving the Spirit is you've got to say yes to Jesus Christ. There's no other way to the Father but through Jesus Christ, the Son. And the Holy Spirit draws us through Him. So if God is moving on your heart today, I want to ask if there's anyone here today that needs to make a decision for Jesus, that needs to get your life right with God. God is not number one in your life today. He's not number one. There's other things that are more important to you than God is. But today, God is touching you. God is moving in you. And you need to surrender your life to God. You need to say yes to Him. You need to become a spiritual person and have the Holy Spirit come and live inside of you. That happens at the point of salvation. We're going to close here in just a minute. But before we do, I want to say a simple prayer for those of you that need to make a decision and say yes to God. If you would bow your heads and close your eyes with me. Those of you that want us to pray for you today, to make a decision to say yes to God, would you raise up your hand so that I can see you quickly and pray for you? Thank you. 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 Six hands. Is there any anybody else? Thank you. The process is simple. The first step is you invite God in your life. So right now, in your own words... And in your own way, to yourself, I want you to just invite God into your life. Number two, you ask God to forgive you. Ask Him to forgive you. We've all messed up. We've all made mistakes. We all need forgiveness. So just say, God, forgive me in your own words right now. And then the last thing I want you to say is thank you. Just say thank you. Now, if you prayed that prayer today... In your worship pack, on that connect card, there's a little box that says, I put God first in my life. If you'll check that box and drop off your connect card in one of the offering boxes in the back, we want to connect with you this week and really help you walk out the decision you're making today. Let you know what it takes to to continually put God first in your life. And then for those of us that are believers today, learn to get to know the Holy Spirit better than you've ever known Him. Wake up every morning and just say, Holy Spirit, what do you have for me today? I'm ready. Lead me, guide me, direct me. Just tell me what to do and I'll say yes. And give me the power. That's it. Thank you for joining us this morning. We're going to have another great week next week and we invite you all to come back and be with us. But we really appreciate you for being here today. Let's let Pastor Dan know how much we appreciate him for being here today.